What's up, Triggered listeners? This episode is sponsored by Butter and Other Drugs. Get pre-made healthy meals delivered right to your door every Sunday. Butter and Other Drugs offers vegan, vegetarian, and meat options, so everyone is happy. Meals come frozen and fresh in portions of four or six serving sizes. There are no minimums, no subscriptions, just delicious food. And now you guys can use the code TRIGGERED15 and get 15% off your first order. And we're back after 20 minutes of me trying to figure out how to work this mic. Oh, I don't know what to say. Say your do the intro. That was great. Okay. Wait, I'm gonna wait for the U-Haul to pass. Ugh. People are moving. It's July. People are moving into cool apartments that they're excited about. And I live with my parents. I love my life. Um, Hello, everybody, and welcome to Triggered. Nailed it. Thank you. Nailed it. Come back and do that every week, please. Yeah, I'm going to save the sound clip for sure. So, well, thanks for coming back, Chloe. We had such a good combo last time. Some great content. Um, so, this is a bonus episode. First one. Yay! I'm your first. <laughs> You're my first. Um, and so, why I want you on today is because I fell down a rabbit hole this week. Um, I started looking into the whole Crystalia thing, and I lost my fucking mind. <laughs> So actually, yeah, we did talk about this and I, in a very opposite fashion, really did not engage in this content. I actually, I only found out about it because of you. Like I literally had no idea what was going on. And I mean, that probably proves that I am the worst media student ever and the worst like cultural student ever, but I don't, I have no excuses, but I just didn't know. Well, good thing your girl listened to everything, indulged everything, talked about it with 8,000 people to get their opinion because I don't know why it was so fascinating to me um, but I'll give you the facts of the case so Cristalia came out two weeks ago now that he had been hitting up some younger girls on, on Instagram um, and by younger I mean some of them were I think he's like 40 so some of them were in their 20s and then there was a girl that was as young as 16 that he was um, sliding in uh, to their DMs, inviting them to shows, asking them to hang out. And then in one kind of incriminating case, as she's not 16 now, but when she, wa- when she was 16, he talking was talking to her and then he asked her for nudes. And then there was other girls that came forward and then it kind of just became this whole... Twitter um, smear campaign specifically okay because I was going to say in all honesty with what you were saying like oh he was DMing a lot of girls like sure that's kind of creepy but it's not inherently wrong but to ask like a 16 year old for nudes like that definitely crosses a line so like that's where I would see that it's like quite incriminating obviously all the other stuff is like not good but it's not like inherently wrong yeah so that's kind of what I wanted to get into because I was just I started listening to other people's takes on it and I was seeing a common thread was that a lot of 
dudes were kind of on the fence of where they wanted to stand. They didn't want to take him down. There was a lot of people didn't really know what was true and what wasn't because, yes, all these women from Twitter started coming forward. And, I mean, they all had similar stories. So for that, for me, I'm like, oh, smoke, fire. Also, there's just a few things that I feel like people went over and like for instance um, it came out that he had moved one girl from Instagram to Hotmail or Gmail and then he was messaging her on Gmail and then he moved her on to Kick I don't know if you know what Kick is so I didn't know what it was either it's this it's this um, online kind of like WhatsApp but less less popular um, and it's this platform where people can chat but the the chat history gets deleted it's very easy so it's like it's like snapchat but with just texting yeah and so when i looked into kick a lot of the stories that came with kick was that it's kind of the perfect place for predators um to talk to children so anyway so there's that and then a lot of comedians came forward there was comedians kind of like crying those two guys on a podcast uh, yeah who were friends with him they didn't really know what to do everyone was kind of confused um and then came obviously after there is a mob of people who come after one came the mob of defenders so a lot of these comedians kind of took this very ambiguous stance we don't know everything so we're just gonna say if he did do it he's fucking shit but if he didn't do it mm, like what can we say and then it became this whole conversation about just younger girls in general and how younger girls are often uh like 19 through 21 year olds where like we sexualize them as a a society like a lot and like where what age gap becomes the line like how do you how do you decipher so I thought maybe we could talk about that because I feel like we used to be 19 year old girls absolutely we did and uh we made some bad decisions um but yeah no I completely agree and I think that that's actually something that's really interesting to talk about I remember we like had mentioned this briefly when uh, me and you like when you first told me about it and like the idea of we have systematically as a society denied the sexuality of children and like pretended that it doesn't exist when being uh, like 25 years old and like obviously I can't necessarily relate to my 16 year old self but I can remember what it was like and like I definitely had like sexual urges and stuff like that like you're not like they don't not exist but I think it's there is in my opinion what's more weird about like that isn't the like of it's not like the idea that sexual urges don't exist it's more the appropriation of them by like older people or even like the power dynamics that come with appropriation and also something that actually a friend of mine said once that I thought was really really interesting is that like when you're that young you don't really think about the elasticity of your consent like your consent is in the moment if if it's even there at all like obviously like just because you're of a certain age doesn't mean that you can versus cannot consent to other to like someone else of your age I'm gonna say um but I feel like it's often very easy for someone to not realize that like that person is gonna stick with you for the rest of your life and that's not to say that's like inherently a bad thing but I do think that like when you're younger you're a lot quicker to make like a split second decision without realizing that like that decision is going to kind of maybe not impact you but at least like it's going to be a decision that you made for the rest of your life and I think you don't 
see you don't see what's wrong with it you don't see when an older guy is giving you attention when you're 16 you think it's funny you think that the power dynamic is that you have all the power right and you don't realize that you're being sexualized or objectified I think and it's not to say that all 16 year olds feel this way but I think that for me personally like I remember being 15 and having a substitute teacher like flirt the sh like flirt with me and make and like or even I remember it was a teacher like make some uncomfortable comments which at the time I thought was like hilarious and in my mind I was like that's a possibility if I wanted to yeah and I mean not only that but to like further what you were saying like you feel like because you're so young and yes you are sexualized and you're basically like teenagers are essentially told that they need to be like little adults and like you're so excited to grow up and everything so you're doing all these things that are going to make you feel more grown up and one of those things is sexualizing yourself because you are not yet technically uh, well I think actually in Canada the age of consent is 16 but you're not like technically of age to be like a full-fledged adult of course I'm not even of age to be a full-fledged adult um but you're like trying everything that you can to get there so that power dynamic of somebody who in your mind is considered a full-fledged adult is like the attention of that makes you feel more so and then you don't even realize that it's true that it is a power dynamic that they have the power over you because they're making you feel this way and because obviously like you know just within the, our society like the older you are the more powerful you're seen as being and so it's very easy to like kind of get lost in that it's like very easy to be like oh like this person is attracted to me so therefore like I'm powerful because they are chasing me but at the end of the day like that's not true <laughs> I think for me the issue becomes when you're older like now I'm not even old we're not even old we're 25 years old so m a lot of people will look at us and say they don't know what the fuck they're talking about or 35 year olds have told me when I was 25 I didn't know shit and so just thinking now like I'm 25 now thinking of my 16 year old self and being like wow dude you knew nothing you were fucking you knew nothing um I think that you're right in that sense that age does really give you like a certain kind of perspective it does it gives you a life experience that you just you just don't have just from not being alive that long you know and I think with sex specifically or with anything to do that's sexual it's like I know that I'm not f I ha wasn't fully sexually developed in any sense when I was 15 or 16 and then even when I was 18 and 19 and then even now I feel to a certain degree that I have so much to grow sexually and my understanding of sex is limited you know and so I think the issue with that is is exactly what you said about like the el elasticity of consent is that if you do something when you're 16 unbeknownst to you it might fuck you up sexually or might give you some kind of sexual um complex or like it could have like a, a psychological effect on you that it might not have on you when you're 25 but that's like everything that has to do with like just being a certain age to be able to be better equipped to handle those things to like have the psychological and the emotional tools to deal with stuff that you don't necessarily have when you're basically a child and so kind of like what you were saying just to get back to the crystal Deliella, Delia? Delia, sorry, I literally don't know him at all. Um, <laughs> once again, I'm an awful media student. Um, just to get back to Crystalia, 
the way that you were that you described it I remember you telling me that you know some of the girls had been like 21 or 25 and that's very different than being 16 years old like obviously like not to say that if you do some if you do something unconsensual like regardless of to what extent it is you're a bad person but if you're just being kind of like a creepy dick to a 16 year old versus if you're being a creepy dick to a 25 year old like the 25 year old may very much have way better tools to handle that situation than a 16 year old now am I saying that you should be a creepy dick to someone who's 25 because they can handle it no don't fucking do it especially like I said within the context of Chris D'Elia because he is so powerful and because he is like so famous and he was most likely doing well like I said I don't really know but he was most likely doing it to people who are considered of lesser status than him yeah so it was almost always fans which is which is fine I think it's part of the culture of being famous is that you know you're gonna hook up with fans I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that but I think that's where the no you're making their day (laughs) yeah and but here's why and so that was where the defense came that was where people came and said okay well 21 25 year old like a 25 year old who's saying that she the, the example was that she wanted to hook up with him he got there and then she changed her mind mid drink and then he was like well fuck you and then he kind of just left and was a dick about it like he was clearly there just to have sex and she changed her mind so that story came out and people were like well that's just like a fucking story like that's that's not him being a pedophile no not at all but that is also him being a dick like can you imagine like i want to like take away for me what i think is that if you take away a person's status and like power symbol as like being like a comedian an actor like someone just well known in hollywood and you're like imagine like some fucking random dude that you know would do that if you're still like no that fucking sucks and like it's probably bad and this person shouldn't get a pass because they're a celebrity Right. But I think the argument came from like, okay, well, like if we're coming for him for being like a creepy dude or a quote unquote pedophile, which again, wrong term terminology that was being thrown out there and the media kind of just ran with it. Like it was like a hot word, trigger word. Um, then the defense that a lot of men gave and women was that, well, let's not put, let's not put those stories in the same bucket because they're different. And, um, and then they were kind of citing those examples as like, not excuses but as like evidence to show that the claims of 16 year olds were kind of invalid as well like they used the 21 25 year old as like to just be like well we're just coming at this guy for like being a dick not being a sexual predator and then it kind of what I found it's been doing or what I've seen it's been doing is that it's been overshadowing the shady shit that he's done and I just want to say that something I haven't really seen come out my own detective sleuthing is that one the girl that he came out with and said was 16 when she hooked up when they not they didn't actually no they didn't hook up well we don't know there's no proof that they hooked up but the girl that he hit up when he when she was 16 was from uh was from vancouver so just like you said age of consent in canada is 16 okay that's weird to me to me like like I know like maybe that could be used as a defense for him but to me it's like you know that so you did that in Vancouver so that you could get away with it it's creepy to me okay see that I didn't know and like so wait he was in Vancouver when he did it or like she was in wherever he was she was in Vancouver he had done it he was doing a show there I'm pretty sure I could be wrong on those details but she was from Vancouver so and I assume like he wasn't gonna fly her out although maybe he would have but let's say they did hook up in Canada it would have been totally technically legal oh that's weird 
right? That's one of the things that I feel like people haven't really talked about. I'm like, well, that that's crazy because we are Canadian, right? So we I know this. Like, 16 year old is the consent. Technically, it's 14 if you have the parents written consent which is a whole other thing <laughs> yeah that's fucked I don't want like I would never want my parents to be like you know what Chloe you're 14 years old now you're legally allowed to have sex with your boyfriend we'll just write you a permission slip also who do you give that permission slip to realistically I think you would have to give it to your school principal <laughs> all right everyone <laughs> I think it goes to the, the guy in which case, it seems all very medieval to me. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, there's nothing more sexy than being like, hey, babe, we're going to lose our virginity tonight. Here's my parents' permission. It's but literally a permission slip. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm just picturing my dad, like, angrily signing a permission slip, like, the night before. <laughs> Same. You're like, you're like, I know that the field trip's at 8 in the morning, but they, they're not going to let me go unless you sign this. And I had to hand it in two weeks ago. And they're like, well, you're not going. But... That was one of the, so that was one of the tidbits about Stiftilia. Uh, now I'm mixing my dad's name and Christilia. Christilia that I did found didn't really come up. Another thing I just want to say really quick was it's weird to me that in you he played this character. And it's weird to me that in Workaholics, again, we haven't really talked about it. In Workaholics, he played a pedophile and he was a pedophile. And the whole joke was that these guys really liked him, but they also knew he was a pedophile and they had to like navigate like working out that friendship they basically had to navigate being dicks is what you're saying like well they basically had to do what a lot of men struggle to do which is confront their friends that are creepy dudes (laughs) yeah like the guys that are doing bad things and yeah I mean I think the age of consent thing just to get back to it really quickly is a technicality in my opinion like I think ultimately regardless is still wrong well one because of the age like I'm sorry but in my head, if you're dating someone that is literally double your age or the opposite is literally half your age, like, that's a little weird. But, um, oh, also, isn't there that thing that's, like, half your age plus seven? Yo, yeah, my roommate was saying that we were talking about this yesterday night, um, and I was asking them, like, what do you guys think is, like, the appropriate number? And he said, uh, the rule is half your age plus seven. So I'm in the clear. I'm good. I'm in the clear. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think of my own experiences when I was 18, 19, and I want to say, like, I definitely think it's a thing, like, a thing that um, older men or older-ish men have a thing for younger girls. I think it's a thing. Not all, but I think it's a thing, because when I was 19, I was getting hit up by the most 30 year olds I have ever gotten up in my life like in my life in my history of hookups the amounts of times I've been hit up by older guys has been when I was 19 specifically actually I think similar well I mean I had a boyfriend when I was 19 but um even that he was six years older than me. I also remember like I had been speaking to this guy that I know and I no longer know um but he was I was 20 he was 30 and like we had a like somewhat weird relationship but like that's not really the point of the story but he was basically telling me that he had been a lawyer because he was from South America I'm not going to say which country one of the reasons that he like quit was because he thought that the company culture was really really like bad and he was like yeah you know like I was probably 25 and like a lot of the guys that I was working with were 45 and he was like and whenever we went out I was the only person that was allowed to bring friends because the intention was that they would bring girls that well he would bring girls and it's like and I remember telling him like when I was I was like I said 20 he was 30 I remember being like well that's kind of fucked up like why would older guys like have 
like why would they care like or want younger girls and he was like you have no idea he's like the age and this is obviously like a very big generalization because this is just one person's opinion and like by no means is it fact but he did tell me he was like guys don't they're like their attraction to women doesn't age as they age with them so like yes they might be attracted to like a 45 year old or like someone who is their age but like they're still going to keep that attraction to the 20 year old as well whereas like i see a 16 year old boy now and i'm like no fucking way yeah like i think so i have a similar kind of anecdote as well when i was 19 i was working and my manager and i were very close he was honestly gem of a human being and him and I got really close he was really like this like brotherly figure to me and I was telling him like I remember having the realization that when I turned 19 that oh wow like I'm getting hit up by a lot of older dudes like a lot of older dudes um and so I kind of asked him I was and at the time I think he was 28 and he was pushing 30 and we had this conversation and he told me he goes well listen like the reason why 19, 20 year olds are so attractive to men in their late 20s is because at a certain point, you start, the women that start surrounding you, unfortunately, have a timer. They have, they have an agenda. He goes, 28 year old women don't want to do, you know, not all 28 year old women don't want to do one night stands. They don't want to do casual. Most of the time they're looking to find something a little bit more serious. Not to say that they're looking to like get married, but some of them are. And he goes, by and large, they're, they have careers, they've graduated from school, they've done the whole fun thing. He goes, they're looking for a different kind of fun than 19 through 21-year-olds who probably are starting CJEP, starting university, just looking to have, like, balls out, bananas, just good old-fashioned fun and, like, reckless fun, right? They're more reckless. So I think that's where it comes from. So he goes, sometimes he goes, if they're, if you're in your late, later twenties and you're hanging out with your 28 year old friends, you get this kind of sense that everything is a lot more serious. Everything is a lot more real. It's a a lot more adult. And he goes, it's an escape to, to hook up with a 19 or 20 year old. I actually, I think that that's really real and very true. I don't think that it's. I think that ultimately we do have to put a little disclaimer in the way that we are very much generalizing. Like yeah. not, no one is the same as anyone else. No one's goals are the same as anyone and as anybody else's. But I do completely agree with you that like, it does make sense that I also feel like, and this is like me kind of talking about myself, but like when I hit a certain age and it was not an old age, I was 24. Um, I immediately felt like very old and I felt like, I could no longer do the like reckless fun things that I had been doing like from when I was probably 20 to 24 essentially and the only reason that I couldn't do it anymore was because of my age and I still wanted to. Can you like explain like you mean like your hangovers got worse or you just felt that you felt or did you feel judgment from your friends or you just felt like you were over it like what was... Well, no, I wouldn't necessarily say that I was over it because I still felt the need. Like, it was very odd because I felt the need or, like, the intense desire to do, like, really reckless things. But I didn't feel the desire to do it with, well, no. I don't even really know. Like, I definitely still felt the desire to do really reckless things. But now I was 
very aware that like the outcome of those things was worse than the fun that I would have doing them because like you know as like yeah like when you're younger you reckless abandon you like don't really care about what's going to happen to you but until it happens to you and then you realize like it's like positive versus negative reinforcement like if you do something and it like yields negative results results you're not going to want to do that thing again regardless of how much fun you had yeah and I think also you start having things that you're responsible for with with age comes responsibility so like for instance whereas in university I could maybe go out drinking on a Wednesday night get blackout drunk and then wake up and skip class I can't do that with with work I can't and if I do go out and get blackout drunk once in a while work absolutely fucking sucks and I think now I have more foresight for my future self than when I was 19 whereas when I was 19 I was like well this is future Michelle's problem she's gonna fucking deal with it whatever she has to do like I remember one time going out wake ending up at my friend's house who were a couple waking up and being like fuck I have work in 30 minutes I have to get to work somehow I don't have work clothes I was in a dress from the night before so I literally took the pants took my friend's pants and then they drove me to work and I got to work and I was work 15 minutes later I was work got to work 15 minutes late my boss was laughing at me I was a fucking wreck the whole day I was so hungover I'm pretty sure I went to get Tim Hortons mid shift and was just like dying and yeah it's hilarious to look back now but like that was not good planning (laughs) on my end (laughs) no not at all and I think like the difference between your experience and mine was that like I kind of always I wouldn't say I always had that foresight but like I really tried very hard to like not get fucked like well drunk I mean um like before work or whatever which like not to say like it's not to say that either is better or like whatever but it's all it's all relative um it's a personality thing too like you 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 like more control than I do I think absolutely I do um but yes all this to get back to like I do agree with you that like as you get older you have more responsibilities and so it it's also like escapism for I would say like a 30 year old man who probably also has the same responsibilities as as the 30 year old woman probably also has a career maybe like a fucking condo in Griffintown because that's what people do nowadays um but there is like this form of escapism that comes from being with someone who is so not on that level because the thing is is that odds are and this is just like once again a generalization but like odds are when you're 30 years old and you're dating like a 21 year old they're not meeting you where you are you're or at least they're trying and or but you're most likely meeting them where they are I i remember when i was 21 i was actually dating i guess he was 28 um and i remember like him coming to parties with me and like he would play beer pong and shit like that and in my head I was like oh my god it's so fun because I was obviously 21 and a fucking idiot but now that I think back at it and I was like yo I'm 25 in three years when I'm 28 there's no fucking way I'm gonna want to play beer pong at a party with my 21 year old girlfriend and all of her shit friends like that's weird it's definitely a form of escapism absolutely from like something else in your life it also has to do with ego too I think my roommates and I were talking about this last night, how we looked at our some of our guy friends from high school and how, you know, some girls from grades below would kind of have these, like, fangirl crushes on them. And, I mean, we had fangirl crushes on guys in older grades as well. And it's funny to, like, even know some of them now and think, like, oh, my God. You know them as re- re- real people. They stop having that, like, allure, I guess, that older people generally do. And so I think f- for some men it can be very um 
what's the word like comforting and 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 it can be an ego boost to have a 21 year old whose mess is likely a fucking wreck she like a life is yeah what did i say mess is a wreck (laughs) who's if that tells you anything about us being 21 (laughs) exactly whose life is a wreck she probably has like four roommates or maybe not but she doesn't really have her shit together yeah i moved out when i was turning 21 it must be nice to have a full-on career have be someone that someone else is looking up to be able to give advice be able to consult and just kind of have this idea that you're a lot farther ahead in your life even if your life is a mess for a 28 year old which let me tell you <laughs> there are some 28 to 36 year old men that i have met that need to fucking figure it the fuck out but it must be really nice i've dated all of them i was j- i'm just gonna kind of repeat what you said but it was it must be like very very comforting and like it almost makes you feel like your life isn't that bad because like look this person's looking up to you but see once again we're gonna like talk about power dynamic and everything of like this person is looking up to you like you're not in a level relationship even if it's not a real relationship even if it's just a flirtation even if you're just like fuck at one night after the bar like this person is looking up to you you're not meeting an equal and not to say that like younger people are less equal or like women are less equal or like all that stuff like but to say that in terms of life stage you are not at equal life stages and so the the like the levels are flipped so then what's interesting about that is the question yeah the question becomes um how do we factor sex into that i think it's impossible to not believe that there's like power exchange within sex that being said do i think that it's inherently bad i don't However, when it comes to, like, what we were talking about, the, like, relationships and, like, older generations and stuff like that, it's very, it's, well, I guess generations, but it's very difficult to kind of, like, enumerate exactly where it starts and where it ends and, like, in what situations does it actually happen and in what situations does it not. So I think basically all of this to say is that it's quite nuanced and it's very hard to, like, pinpoint exactly what sex and power do in relation to age i'm like thinking back now to the sexual relationships i had when i was younger with older men and even now i would be that bitch that dates a 40 year old like i would because i feel like that would be like that kind of emotional maturity is attractive to me specifically that being said I'm not sure like looking back at when I was 19 and I banged like a 32 year old should I have some kind of trauma from that like I don't I don't look back on that badly so it's like it's different for everyone right a 16 year old that sleeps with a 40 year old might come out of that completely fine right do you think that that's that can happen that a 16 year old can bang a 40 year old and come out completely fine I think yes. Um, I think ultimately at the end of the day, we do not have the right as outsiders of someone's situation to tell somebody how to feel. So, you know, like there, and this is like quite an extreme example, but like there are certain rape victims who like have that trauma, like technically traumatizing experience, but like can kind of live their normal lives afterwards and like aren't 
you know, they aren't the person who's like crying every single day about it. And that being said, like, do I think that that means that the people who are are inherently wrong or like overdramatic? Absolutely fucking not. Like, I think that basically what I'm trying to say is that there are completely different reactions based on who you are, who the person is, like the situation in any in any like sexual like situation in any situation in general. So I think that ultimately at the end of the day, like like you were saying, Michelle, is how like you had sex with an older person that within the context of like society should have technically traumatized you or should have been not right but you as a person didn't feel actually affected by it and I think that at the end of the day like that's the perfect example is that we do not have a right have the right to tell people how to feel about certain situations whatsoever and we can like prophesize and like psychologically analyze yeah psychoanalyze the people to the fucking best of our abilities but that doesn't necessarily mean that we are right because I think that at the end of the day like what is right for you as a person is going to be consistently different thinking more along the lines of in the world of like consent and now we're really diving into the consent there are experiences that people undergo and then and don't have negative feelings about and then years later realize that they did or that they were putting themselves in a compromising position. So like I just gave the example, when I was 15, I saw nothing wrong with a an older and, and, and it could have been my, of course, I'm like, I'm not like calling anyone out. It could have just been my interpretation. I could have just, you know, thought that my substitute teacher was flirting with me. Although to me, I saw nothing wrong with it. But now looking back, I'm like, that would have been inappropriate given this given the situation but when I was 16 or 15 I didn't have the like you said the tools to understand that that's not okay so then it becomes the older person's responsibility because they are supposed to have all this experience and supposed to have all this understanding and supposed to know that when you're 16 you don't know what the fuck you're doing and that your decisions might hurt you in the long run and so to participate that actively knowing that that could be that that could be a possible scenario I think that's what people mean by the power dynamic in that specific situation with age I think that that's actually a very um I wouldn't say holistic but that is a very like accurate thought about it I think you're very right in that respect people will say there's the 16 18 like there's the law like follow the law but like what is the law based on you know like how do we say okay after a certain age now you're fully responsible for your actions and you can fully see and have foresight into what this is going to cause there are people like who make reckless decisions every day into adulthood and then maybe three years later realize oh fuck like I shouldn't have done that so when do we as a society say well at this age like you don't know what you're doing so someone else has to uh, compensate for your decisions and then like how do we figure that out that's just like more of what I've been thinking about the law is based on I think absolutely nothing Um, I think they're arbitrary in my opinion your feelings about everything changes all the time like think about you know your last significant other and like how much you loved them when you were dating and then how devastated you were when you broke up and then like however many months later when you realized that you were okay like your feelings about that situation changed like numerous times in the process and to 
to basically say like I can do that but someone can't change their mind about like a sexual assault a physical assault like anything that has happened in their life is really like backwards it's very it's very tone deaf it's very ignorant to essentially assume that you're the only person in the fucking world that can that can have a complete life with like complete complex emotions yeah definitely and I think but what's yeah because then I think of like you think of all these like the way that people are socialized and that some people come from if you come from like a very violent household or a very you might not realize that the violence is toxic or that you're even in a violent situation until you're completely out of it and then you start surrounding yourself with people who are like yeah no that sounds fucked up and I think that's the same thing too with um with sex I think I've had conversations with women where they're telling me the details of it and then they're seeing that like I'm not totally comfortable with what's going on and they're like well what and I'm like that that's not that that wasn't okay you know and I think that's a lot of what me too kind of did was like explain like some of these situations are not okay and the and even if you had feelings about it that were negative or icky or you came out of it feeling bad or the way we were socialized kind of prior to this whole me too thing was that like you just had to tell yourself that like that ickiness was unfounded right so you just had to kind of like keep going because you knew that rape was a scary word so you couldn't utter rape you couldn't utter sexual assault even now people don't utter the word rape like they'll most often turn to sexual assault or sexual aggression before they'll say the word rape because we were like taught that you don't say that word unless it 100 percent happened to you yes and not only that i also think that the societal perception of rape is often very different than the practice of it like the societal perception is often like it's somebody that you don't know and you're walking home late at night and you like trip and fall and like you're in a dark alley and they just come for you and like it's super violent and like everything whereas every single person I know that has been sexually assaulted or let's like go the full nine yards and say raped that isn't how it happened like never never like that that I know of of course and so it is absolutely right that the societal like the societal attitude towards it really informs the personal attitude towards it so like you were saying like a lot of people won't say rape because in their head it doesn't fit the mold of what they've been told since they were kids that rape is right and then all the inappropriate behaviors that kind of fall in the gray area that are not 100 percent rape um that are just kind of like displays of ickiness also i'll just say it's like then it, it kind of erases that when we put so much emphasis on rape and like that rape is this big scary thing it's like sexual assault often happens in situations almost feel normal but not quite like that and 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 this is well i'm just saying like not all of them obviously and there are brutal 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 rapes that you know we've seen like like as we've seen in movies and stuff those things happen of course but there is sexual assault that happens that is okay 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 until it's not and then you walk out of it with a feeling and you 
you're not quite sure where it all went wrong and you're not quite sure what role you played in it and you're not quite sure what even happened so it's like you you try and place yourself in it and your responsibility in it and I think women are taught are given this like burden of responsibility when it comes to sex like you're told from a very young age that you need to make sure that men don't have sex with you I absolutely agree the burden of responsibility but also the oppression of or the repression of sexuality like women like you were saying are taught from a young age like you can't let men have sex with you but conversely it's also but you have to please every man you know and not that's not saying sexually but that's saying like when you get into like a serious relationship you have to please that man or he's gonna leave you or that thing of like you shouldn't have sex with someone unless you're in a serious relationship with you with them because if you're having sex with someone you're not in a serious relationship with and you want a serious relationship they're never going to do it for you because you've already given them what they want so it's a very it's a very like troubling field to have to navigate because you on the one hand you're being told like and this is actually very similar to what you to what we talked about like off off air i would say about like sex work because like on the one hand you're being told like you're like sex is bad you cannot be having sex unless you're in a consenting relationship you cannot do this and then on the other hand you're being told you are only worth your physical attraction which obviously stems from sexual attraction so it's very difficult to kind of flip through this script and like be able to do both and then on the one hand if you if you fall within the category of like you have to do nothing but what you are like allowed to do in the context of a relationship then you're approved to the outside society but if you're doing the opposite and like you're kind of owning the fact or like owning the societal like upbringing of you being a sexual being and only being a sexual being then you're like called all these fucking like you're called a slut you're called a whore you're called a like everything so just to say um you said so much good stuff um for for one i think your comment of that the fact that women are inherently taught to please every man they meet i think that goes with that goes it extends to so many more situations like you said past sex past your boyfriend just even with your guy friends sometimes it's like you and to a certain extent even with your girlfriends like to a certain extent like a girl especially from a young age is taught to please everyone like regardless of their gender yeah and you'll see that in business settings too that girls are taught from a young age to kind of not only please everyone but the responsibility of deflecting situation not deflecting um de-escalating situations mitigating situations that's put on you in a way that you don't even realize so it's like kind of this like silent task and silent thing that we take on without even realizing it and then we we do it and i've done it i'm a big ass people pleaser and a lot of that I think comes from being a woman and the other I think just comes from my anxiety I also think when it comes to sex work I think men have a hard time with the idea of women using their bodies as currency now that comes from my experience with the men that I know in my life I think they have a hard time accepting the idea that women can get things 
because of the way they look or because of the sexuality that they give. Now, in this climate that we're living in with Twitter and Instagram, we've seen that happen and TikTok. We've seen that happen a lot. We've seen like influencers and women, and it's more women than men, who are able to make money specifically off being one, attractive, and two, a sexual presence. It could be a mix of two, it could be just one, it could be just the other. Um, we've seen like a resurgence of young girls getting OnlyFans and paying off their mortgages <laughs> in like two years or getting houses at 17 years old off an OnlyFans. I think men have, or the men that I've spoken to, and whether they're, they want to say it as they want to be super um, transparent about it, or whether they'll, they'll come out and say it, I think they have a hard time accepting that. Oh, for sure. And then not only that, but it's very much because it's almost like, I don't want to say like, I guess it's like perverting the societal expectation because the expectation is like, you are like this for our benefit. And then when money gets involved and like the money is in this context that we're speaking of in this like respect, the money is being paid to the female. Like when there's money involved, it becomes, oh, you're taking what we have told you is bad about you and what we've told you you're here for and you're benefiting from it in like a monetary sense. It's, it gets like very sticky as a situation because essentially that's what, like, that's it. Like you are told your entire life that you're sexually attractive but also told that you should not be doing anything about it. In the conversations I've had this week and in the conversations that I've had just over the course of my life, um, in regards to this, it's like I think the argument that some men make, and I've thought about this a lot, is um, that women want to be respected past just their bodies, right? This is what they think that feminism is only about, is... <laughs> is is being respected as an equal intellectually and in your capability they'll say the argument well how do you expect to not be sexualized if you're sexualizing yourself right for money or for whatever reason like the comment will be like how do you expect to be taken seriously when your instagram account is full of bikini pics and i'm really just being like really reductive now in that speech but so my and and I've thought about it and I'm like it, I mean it's not a it's not a great point but it it has some validity to it I guess in the context of our everyday society and the way that we look at men and women still. So what I've kind of what this is how I've kind of rationalized it is that I think it's difficult for men to understand that there's this idealized world where we want women to have to be completely equal to men and it, it would just be this like perfect like what we're striving for is the idealized reality and then there's just the reality of the world that we live in and the reality of the world that we live in is that we've asked to be respected for our minds and for our work and for all these things that don't include our bodies and men haven't listened really we ain't done yet no we're not but that's the idealized reality that we want to get to but then the reality that we live in is that that hasn't worked so it's not to say that we give up at all, but it says that in the reality that we live in, people pay for your body or to see your body. People buy into sex. People will, you will get things because of the way you look. So to me, 
it just seems that women are maybe okay agreed being opportunists opportunists about it but I just think that what else are we supposed to do I don't think there's anything necessarily inherently wrong with being an opportunist I think if you do it if you do it in a way that hurts other people then absolutely that like that can be constituted as wrong however I think that there isn't anything like that's actually wrong with being an opportunist and what you were saying about how like men believe that feminism is really just women demanding respect in the workplace that completely leaves out all of the women who don't want like in a business or in an intellectual situation and that's not to say that they're dumb or that they're not smart but maybe that's just not their passion yeah I just think that it's oftentimes an argument that is used against us and against the um the strive for this idealized reality like I think that and it and it just gets a bit frustrating and I think whether it's being said blatantly or whether it's being said said within the context of like conversations where it's just like comments that are made well like well why would like I said like well then why if she wants to be taken seriously like why is she doing this why does her Instagram look like this that's the thing is that at the end of the day people are incredibly dynamic and complex like beings and they're not going to be the same from one day to the next from one year to the next from one moment to the next absolutely and I think that I think that the thing with men and once again like we've said not all men um is the fact that they're very willing to believe that for their guy friends like I actually Michelle you should probably tell this story because it's you you're the one who went through it there have been times when a friend will bring around someone who makes you feel uncomfortable. I've had that done a few times where I had to be like, I'm not comfortable with the situation or had to like pawn off a guy who was trying to hit on me or doing something. And I think it's important to say hitting on me is not inappropriate, but it wasn't inappropriate, like grabbing me or something in a way that's like really uncomfortable. Um, and then I've had to um, kind of get myself out of that situation and then later on when I brought it up to a guy friend immediately it's always like oh but yeah yeah that's a little creepy but like he's a good guy and it's like okay but in that situation he really wasn't a good guy I'm also your friend he made me feel really uncomfortable that could also be seen conversely in the way that you know it's like oh yeah like this person did this bad thing and I'm putting bad thing in quotation marks because obviously like I'm gonna flip it but like this person did this bad thing but they're still a good person whereas when it comes to the context of female sex work it's like oh yeah this person like might be this but they're also a sex worker so it's like instead of being like they're also a good guy and forgiving what the bad thing is that this person did it's taking whatever good thing that this sex worker did and being like but they're also a sex worker so they not forgive it but they undermine it instinct is to when you're talking about when men are talking about other men is to immediately look at the best and the instinct when you're talking about women is often to look at the worst yeah yeah it's like it's trying to discredit the person Mm -hmm. especially in the context of sex work like yes in general to like a lot of women on a daily basis but especially in the context of sex work because like we said they're like sex workers their job inherently contradicts what society has been telling us to do for a long time that doesn't mean that it's bad are you kidding i think sex work is fucking awesome
yeah so i guess what i was saying was what are some behaviors that i would like to see in men that's me personally you can take this advice if you want but what i would like to see is um not being so defensive of maybe not your friends because i can't tell you where to draw that line on why you would stay friends with someone or not you know some people are friends with murderers and that's your prerogative completely but i think that it would be nice to stop hearing men defend fucking comedians insanely famous people who don't give up who likely would never defend you and who don't give an actual fuck about you or your existence and to maybe consider the fact that most if not all women have experienced some level of sexual inappropriateness or sexual misconduct and and it would just would be nice if once in a while that you defended us (laughs) even if you don't stop being friends with someone or even if you do forgive them like have those tough conversations with them like call your friend out like what you were saying how like people just don't necessarily call their friends out and like it's easier to just believe that their friends are good people because at the end of the day if your friends are bad people and you are like friends with your friends what does that say about you but I think that like I've had friends that have done really shitty things that I've called them out for and I think that's the thing is that like if you love somebody as a friend or even as a like romantic partner like it is kind of up to you to a certain extent to help them grow and become a better person so I think that it would be nice to have like more people men and women who are willing to do that both for the benefit of their friend and for the benefit of the people that are surrounding their friend that are maybe feeling uncomfortable with the situations. Yeah, and and just to come back about what you said about how women kind of make, uh, feel, have been taught that the responsibility of making everyone in the room feel comfortable, it's likely that if you do say your opinion about a situation like this, something like Cressilia or any of the other men that were me-tooed, and your opinion is to defend that man, um, and you're in the presence of a woman it's very it's a possibility that she might not disagree with you because it's emotionally more taxing for her to have that conversation you are really making the stance that you're defending someone you don't know who did did something terrible to women and enough women have come forward and said that this person has made them feel uncomfortable at the very least uncomfortable and I think that it's important to say if a a man makes a woman feel uncomfortable that that's an okay line to start at if enough women have said that and you still stand there and defend it what you're saying is that it's more important to defend this person that you don't know than to make the women in your life feel comfortable and safe yes because it's like if you're defending someone that you don't know to what extent are you going to defend someone that you do know even if you have a friend that did something shitty and you're okay with being friends with them, that's fine. That's you do whatever you have to do to rationalize keeping that relationship in your life. Sit in whatever church you want to sit. I have no fucking I have no right to tell you not to. But then do not try and sell that to your friends and this goes with anything, not just women, to your friends that might have experienced some kind of hurt or uh uncomfortableness at as a result of that friend. So that goes with racism sexism anything like no I completely agree with you like yeah I had a very similar experience too and it's like you're not gonna no matter what you say you're not gonna make me decide that this person's a good person 
like anyways i don't know i agree with you it's too hot yeah. it's over it's hot it's over <laughs> it's good thank you for coming on again chloe mic drop Woo!